Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Katie on the Flip Side, the podcast. I am here to start something kind of a new little series for you guys talking about a specific topic. I have so many things that I want to talk to talk to you about, to share about um, kind of with my journey and the things that I've learned um, as far as overcoming some of the codependency issues that I have dealt with, overcoming um, my own toxic behavior, recognizing toxic behavior in other people, and basically just kind of freeing myself from all of that, allowing myself to move forward and grow on a personal level, um, grow in my self-love, my self-confidence, trusting myself, and all of those things, Um, but also to know how to kind of catch myself when I'm slipping back into old habits, because that is so very easy. There's so many things that I want to talk to about, talk about, oh my gosh, I can't talk today, and this is a podcast, so I'm going to have to get it together. Um, There's so many things that I want to cover in this area and talk about that I'm going to split it up into a few different episodes. Um, I came up with kind of my top 10 codependent traits or indicators or things that I have found I have to be aware of when I'm monitoring myself for not slipping back into my old ways. So technically, it'd be kind of like codependent red flags, whether it's red flags of hey, I need to look into this. I might be, this might be something that I'm struggling with that I need to work on. Um, Maybe I've got some issues myself that I need to work on before I can work on my relationships with other people. But it can also be if you're on the same path that I am trying to get beyond it and heal yourself, um, things to be aware of slipping back into as you're kind of going through the process. So these are all things that I recognize were a problem for me. I have worked to change. Um, The majority of them, I feel like I have confidently and fully, I guess I should say overcome. I don't think anybody fully overcomes anything that has been a lifelong pattern. But I think once you get to a point of reaching a complete understanding of what it is, why it's a toxic behavior behavior or behavior pattern and recognizing how to stop yourself from doing that, how to not be reliant on that behavior and how to kind of break free from it and get yourself into a pattern of functioning without that particular behavior, without even really having to like be super duper conscious of it. I feel like that's when you've gotten to a point of being pretty securely confident in the fact that you've moved beyond this behavior. As for me, I can say that I still do have to monitor myself and make sure that I'm not falling back there um, or that it doesn't peek out every now and then. Usually I can recognize it and kind of stop myself. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you guys, have them written down because I knew I would forget something or um, mix it all up. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you guys the top 10 things and then I'm just going to start off in today, just talk about the first one and then I'll have, you know, an episode most likely to talk about each one. I think each one I could talk about for an entire episode. <laughs> They're all so important. It, it, they just all deserve their own episode. I think 
there's so much that I'm about to say in all of this that I had no idea was not normal and was not healthy as I have grown up, as I've been an adult, as I've been in a marriage and relationship with relationships with different people. So um, here we go. Here's the top 10 things in really no particular order. I am going to start with the the ones that I do feel the most confident about, feel like I've done um, the most work on and have done the best of overcoming. I also feel like they're the ones that I first noticed were an issue for me and the ones that I first noticed because I didn't realize that it wasn't a good thing, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, okay, so the first one, <laughs> kind of go, it's kind of weird because I'm about to be giving y'all advice in this podcast, but that's different. You're seeking this advice out. You have, you're free to listen to it if you want to. Um, the first one is giving advice or helping without being asked. So along with that goes feeling the need to fix a situation for somebody or rescue other people's situations. Um, the reason behind that being thinking that you know best or thinking that I know best. So that's kind of a red flag for me as I'm paying attention to whether I'm slipping back into a negative pattern is looking to make sure I'm not giving advice or helping without being asked um, and make sure I'm not thinking that I know the only best solution. So that's the first one. Um, and that's the one I'm going to talk about today. The others to stay tuned for upcoming episodes, or if you're just wanting to kind of get a list in your head to see if any of these are things that you can relate to. Um, the second one is I start worrying about what other people will think about me, worrying what other people are thinking about me, and then feeling extreme anxiety when somebody does disapprove of me, if they express that they don't approve of something that I'm doing or saying or wearing or how I'm parenting my kids or whatever um, the different topic might be, or when somebody's questioning me. So starting to worry about what other people will think about me, making decisions based on what people will think about me, and then extreme anxiety when somebody does express disapproval or questions me. Um, the third one is starting to feel responsible for managing other people's feelings and emotions and their behavior. So feeling like I'm responsible for somebody else's happiness. I'm responsible for sacrificing myself to make somebody else happy, to make sure somebody else isn't uncomfortable, to make sure that somebody else is like totally taken care of, um, but also feeling responsible for somebody else's behavior in a sense of making feeling like I am, because they're doing something wrong, then I'm doing something wrong and I'm responsible for, you know, modifying that behavior or changing that person. Um, when that really gets into my head and starts affecting my mood, it'll start affecting my feelings about myself. And then I start spending too much time worrying about that and somebody else's emotions, somebody else's behavior, instead of continuing to work on my own goals and my own needs. So that's the third one. Um, the fourth one is starting to look to other people to regulate my feelings instead of finding ways to self-regulate and then getting upset when other people aren't meeting my needs. So this is a big one that I'm still working on. Um, I feel like I have gotten to a point of understanding it. I feel like I'm still in the stage of like being able to easily slip back into that if I'm not careful. Um but really just, I have to really be aware to make sure that I'm not expecting somebody else to make me happy. So in number three, I just said, you're not responsible for making somebody else happy. 
And on the flip side of that, nobody else is responsible for making you happy. You need to be able to find ways to regulate yourself and your own emotions, even if nobody else is doing that for you. Um, The fifth one is realizing that initially I would give in or compromise or change my answer after I've already said no. Um, Or just starting to say yes right off the bat when I mean no. You know, those situations where you're like, um, yeah, sure, I'll be glad to do that. Or yeah, I'll go to that party. Yeah, I'll do this. When in your head, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. So yep, giving in or compromising, changing my answer after I've already said no, or saying yes when I mean no. And in that sense, neglecting my own needs for it kind of goes along with trying to make sure that I'm not making somebody else upset, making somebody happy, all of that. It all kind of ties together. Um, number six is not saying what I really mean. So saying something in a way that I, I it's not really what I mean, but I'm going to kind of beat around the bush and kind of say it this way because I don't want to make anybody upset. Um, so not saying what I really mean and then not sharing my my needs or my thoughts at all. Um Also, along with that is not acting as my true self. All of those three things for fear of being judged or being not good enough. So not saying what I really mean, not sharing my thoughts or my needs, and not acting as my true self for fear of being judged or being perceived as not good enough. That's number six. Number seven is questioning my own feelings, my own beliefs, my plans, or my goals because they're not the same as somebody else's. So this kind of goes along with trusting yourself, feeling like my feelings, my beliefs, my goals aren't good enough, Um, questioning them like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. So when I start questioning myself, even after I've thoroughly thought something out and know that I have the best plan in place for myself or my family, start questioning it because, well, that's not what so-and-so would do, or that's not how so-and-so got there, you know, all of that. Okay, that's number seven. Number eight is focusing too much on perfection instead of celebrating progress or instead of just getting something done, not completing things because of it needing to be perfect um, in a literal sense of this podcast, not recording episodes because I didn't feel like I had all the perfect things to say or I didn't feel like I would do it right. All of that. And along with that goes giving up or stopping because something is not perfect. So you can kind of see how that all goes together. Number nine is blaming other people or other situations for things that go wrong. Um, That's a big one. And I feel like that goes along with kind of like criticizing other people, um, judging other people. But it basically all goes kind of under the category of recognizing that I am falling back into, in my case right now, but initially realizing that I was in general blaming other people or the earth or the wind or the rain for situations that go wrong. Um, And I'll get more into that. It may not make sense to you if you are kind of stuck in this pattern, um, but it will once I explain it. Number nine. Oh, I think I skipped a number. (laughs) Look, see, telling y'all about not getting things perfect. I really feel like I skipped a number here because there's supposed to be 10. There's definitely 10. I don't know why it's only coming up as nine. Oh, that was number nine. Okay, 
<laughs> that was number nine, was blaming other people. Okay, I didn't have a number 10 written in here. See, and it's fine. It's fine to make mistakes. It's okay that this is not perfect. It's all good. Y'all y'all still love me, right? Okay, and it doesn't matter if you don't, whatever. <laughs> this, all goes, this all goes with the whole topic. Okay, um, number 10 is allowing myself to get involved in drama that is not my business. And that is a big one. Um, that is one that I feel like I have done a hugely better job of than I used to do and it kind of it kind of combines all of the things in the above one through nine that kind of allows you to feel like you need to be involved in that drama not just that you're seeking it because you just like want drama but because you kind of feel some responsibility to it so that's the top 10 (laughs) we're already like halfway into this episode so I'm going to go ahead and talk about number one but you guys stay tuned and I'm going to be coming back with um further explanations and discussions about each of these. Um, I am talking about number one today, so don't leave yet. But um, along the way, if you do have thoughts or questions before I record the episodes for the next nine um, numbers, feel free to message them to me on Instagram, katiepie07, or um, you can email me at katieontheflipside at gmail.com. Um, just so I can kind of have some feedback and know what you guys are thinking or questions you have about that. So without further ado, let's hear a quick message from the sponsor of this podcast, and then we will get on to discussing topic number one. All right, and I am back. So today, the one I'm talking about is giving advice or helping without being asked, feeling the need to fix or rescue other people from their own situation. Um, This is a big one because I didn't ever really see this or recognize this as being something negative. Um, I guess I, as an overthinker, I tend to have overthought everything, every situation, everything I've done. I am a review reader before I buy a product. I am a let's ask everybody who's tried different things to find the best option. Let's look at other people's experiences with different methods of sleep training for your baby and different pacifiers and different shoe brands and different styles that flatter your body. And, you know, I feel like I'm the type of person that I just look into all that those things. So in my mind, as the overthinker, it's like I have analyzed everything, all the best ways to do things. So it's really hard for me to hold back on sharing information with other people when I feel like I know best. Um, and that's a bad, negative kind of like mindset to have because you don't know best. I don't know best. I know what's best for me. And I know that based on all the overthinking and analyzing that I've done, For myself, this is the best way, but that does not mean that it's the best way for somebody else. Um, The right way for me may work for me, and it may or may not work for somebody else. So this, this was a really hard one for me to kind of like even wrap my mind around at first, because I guess too, being in the profession of being a clinical psychologist that's what we do is we give advice and we help people and try to fix situations. Um, what I'm doing on this podcast is giving advice and, and trying to like help you guys figure things out. But that's a little bit different than 
every situation, I think once I started to recognize this, I recognized that literally anytime somebody would say something to me, I would have to give my opinion or my advice on it. And that is, you know, it's not a healthy thing in general, but it's also adds too much stress on you as the person giving the advice and also doesn't allow the person that you're giving advice to or rescuing to feel their feelings, to figure things out on their own. So this goes deeper than even just like trying to give advice to somebody on like, oh, hey, we tried this, you know, uh, sound machine for our kid and it was the best one and all the other ones sucked. You know, it goes a lot deeper than that. So this is where once it goes beyond that, you end up getting in relationships where you're taken advantage of, where other people tend to not meet their full potential because the more you rescue somebody, the harder it will be for them to learn. So the more you rescue them, that goes along with advice giving. Advice giving or helping or needing to like fix something for somebody, rescue them from their situation, they're not going to learn. Um, So you can be rescuing somebody physically or emotionally. So it could be that there is somebody who is always late to work every single time or, you know, three days out of the five days of the week. And so every time they're asking you to, you know, unlock the door for them to let the customers in or, you know, whatever the situation is, wherever you work, that they're always late. And so you're having to kind of rescue them. And maybe you're having to let their their clients in or let the, the um, I don't know, open the store, whatever, wherever you work. Um, answer the phones for them until they get there for, you know, five minutes. And maybe it's only five minutes, but you feel like, oh, well, they're, you know, they got stuck in traffic or they're, dog pooped on the floor and they had to clean that up or their cat got out or, you know, whatever the excuse is, the more you rescue that person and the more they know that you're there for them, if they're running late, if they're not there, the more they're going to not intentionally take advantage of you, but they're just not going to have to be responsible for that. And so they're going to not have a reason to change it. They're not going to have a reason to say, okay, I have been late all the time. I'm going to start getting up and trying to be there 30 minutes early so that I'll hopefully be on time. Um, so they're not going to learn that. They're going to have to take less self-responsibility. Um, it's the opposite of helping, honestly. So it's fine. It's not a bad thing to help somebody out if somebody's you know, running late, has an emergency, whatever else. But when that becomes a consistent pattern and you're constantly having to rescue somebody, that's when it it's not healthy for you or for them because you can begin to become resentful of that person. Um, the more dependent they'll be on you. And then if it keeps happening, the more you become resentful, like, oh my gosh, I have to do this every day. Like, why can this person not be on time? Or why can, why is it that they all of a sudden, you know, don't have somebody to pick their kid up from school. And so I'm having to drop everything I'm doing and run over there because, you know, if I don't pick the kid up, then they're going to get stuck at school and they're going to be late. And I don't want the kid to be, you know, it gets, it gets into, to just a lot of, um, overlapping into your own personal space, but then it allows that person to become more dependent on you. Um, I've been on the side of being the one being rescued and, 
in this healing process, I've realized how much I was not taking responsibility for my own actions because I was expecting to be rescued or I could blame somebody else if something went wrong. So, you know, if it's that this person's always there to open the doors for you or answer phone calls or whatever you're supposed to be doing, and then you're running late and they don't cover for you and the phones don't get answered, then it's, oh, well, so-and-so is always there. And, you know, so you can blame somebody else for it. And that doesn't allow you to take responsibility for your own actions. I can say that the situations where I have learned the best to do what I'm supposed to do and get it done the way I'm supposed to do it is to have accountability and to not be rescued. Um, I think you know, Cullen and I are kind of in a situation right now with our house, if you're familiar with that whole situation, selling our house, needing to sell our house for financial reasons. Um, Also, just because we want to live in a smaller house. But as far as the financial side of it goes, we have a number of family and friends and lots of people who have offered to help us out um, monetarily, physically, all of those things. And we've said, you know, we've got to get ourselves out of our own mess. We've got to make sacrifices and not buy things we want to buy, not overspend, um, you know, all of the things that you have to learn in order to keep yourself from getting back into the same situation. So I think, you know, it's, it's an important part of allowing people to take responsibility for themselves and to learn by not rescuing them. Um, And that's hard because you want to help other people out, especially if you're on this codependent spectrum, you're likely a people pleaser, you are a keep everybody happy. Um, I think the rescuing goes beyond physical, as far as the things that we just discussed, but it goes even into the emotional side. And this is something that Um, Cullen and I have discussed a lot about us doing with our kids and how it's making parenting more challenging because we do try to rescue them too often from their own emotions. Um, We feel, you know, extreme guilt if they're upset about something. And it's it's the whole, um, I guess, kind of as one example would be, you know, your kid say you're telling them don't jump around you've got an ice cream cone in your hand and if you keep jumping around and running in circles you're gonna drop it and you're it's gonna be gone and then they keep running in circles and then they drop it and it's gonna be it's gone and then that's sad they're sad and it's it's awful to see your kids sad and you know the feeling of like oh they didn't mean to drop it it was an accident but in that type of situation you've told them you know, you've kind of warned them, let them know, hey, don't don't be running around or you're going to drop your your ice cream. And it's so hard not to want to rescue them and to, to keep them from that experiencing that emotion of being sad and being disappointed. And, you know, they've been looking forward to this ice cream coming all day and blah, blah, blah. And so well, I'll just get them another one. You know, it's just an accident. But, you know, the next time that they're running around with an ice cream cone, they're going to think, oh, well, it's fine. I can just keep running around because if I drop it, then mom's going to buy me another one. Whereas if you just say, you know, I had warned you and you knew what might happen and you chose to keep running around. So that was your decision, not mine. Allowing them to take responsibility for their actions. You were not the one running around. You were not the one that said, hey, go run circles around the table and accidentally drop your ice cream cone. So 
in that situation, if you stand by what you said and you don't buy another one for them, then next time they're going to think, oh man, that sucked last time. I wanted that ice cream cone so bad. And then I was running around when I knew I shouldn't be and I dropped it. So this time I am not going to do that. So that's kind of a, you know, a smaller child related um, example of rescuing from emotional situations. But it's, it's so true that, you know, you, it's, oh man, it's so hard as a parent or as a, you know, even as a spouse. Like if I see Cullen get himself into a situation where I'm like, I mean, you knew you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Now, if it's a situation where your kid's like walking out of the ice cream shop and trips and accidentally spills their ice cream, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy your kid another ice cream to kind of help make up for it because, you know, that's a natural thing. I'm talking about situations where the reason that there are negative emotions there is because of somebody else's poor decisions, because then they're going to continue to make those poor decisions. If there is a accident or an actual emergency or whatever, that's a whole different situation. You guys get what I'm talking about. Um, so as I look at all this, and as I've been trying to get over it, as I've trying to work, been trying to work through it, um, there are some things that I tell myself along the way to kind of keep myself in check when I find myself feeling like I need to get give advice or rescue somebody or fix something. Um, the first thing is I try to ask myself, am I rescuing this person or am I meeting a legitimate need? So kids have needs. They, you know, as a parent, that's something that it's sometimes hard to differentiate because you feel like you want to meet your kids needs so that they don't ever, they're not ever struggling. They're not ever upset or sad. But you need to look at is is what happened based on somebody else's poor choices that would help them learn to do better next time? Or is it something that is a legitimate need and in this situation, it's okay? Um, if it's not a legitimate need, I have to remind myself, this is not my responsibility. I am not responsible for managing anybody else's emotions. I'm not responsible for rescuing somebody repeatedly. Another part of it is it's okay for somebody to do things or think things differently than I do. It's okay for somebody to sit in their emotion and feel their emotion. It's okay for them to be sad. That's really hard because I don't like for things to ever feel awkward. I don't like for things to ever be uncomfortable. I don't like for anybody to ever be uncomfortable. So allowing there to be even down to a small thing as like awkward silence in a conversation or in the, in the car or with the kids. It's, it's okay for things to feel weird. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. And that's where you kind of develop your own coping mechanisms and your own personality. If you're constantly rescuing somebody, whether it's a child, a spouse, a friend, whoever, from their emotions so that they don't have to experience them, they're not going to grow and they're not going to learn how to rescue themselves and how to take care of themselves. And that goes along with one of the points that I get to later about not expecting other people to um, manage your emotions for you. So um I'm only responsible for the things that I can control. That is something I have to remind myself often, very often. I don't need to be in control of everything. I do not know the best way to do everything. 
I am only responsible for the things that I can control. I'm responsible for myself and I'm responsible for keeping my children safe and fed and clothed. I am not responsible for forcing them to eat healthy foods. I'm responsible for providing that for them. Um, It's the parenting part of this whole thing is hard. It's also a big part of relationships and friendships and all of that too. So I think that's kind of the main takeaway is keeping in mind, I'm not responsible for somebody else's poor choices. I'm not responsible for rescuing them physically or emotionally for something that is a repeated problem. And I am only responsible for the things that I can control or that are like my own personal emotions. So that is basically, whew, man, that was a hard one for me to really grasp at first. And it is something that I do find myself falling back into, um, you know, even when it comes down to like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't plan to go do this at this time because that, you know, is going to inconvenience this person or, you know, and if it's part of your goals, part of what you need to do for yourself or for your family, you have to, that's your priority. You're responsible for the things you can control and how somebody else reacts to that or how somebody else handles themselves or learns from their choices or rescues themselves. That is their responsibility. I would love to hear the thoughts that y'all have on this. Um, Like I've said before, please feel free to connect with me on Instagram. You can send me a message or comment on a picture or whatever you can do to get in touch with me there. Um, it's Katie Pie, K-A-T-I-E-P-I-E-07 on Instagram. Um, you're also welcome to email me at Katie on the flip side at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts, whether this is something you've dealt with, whether this is something that you are dealing with, have overcome. Give me your tips and tricks on what has helped you. Thank you guys so much for listening, for helping me to grow this podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members. There's somebody out there, I'm sure, who could benefit from hearing this information as well. So you can take a screenshot of what you're listening to and share it on your social platforms, your Instagram stories, your Facebook, wherever you want to put it, um, and direct people to it. That way, you never know whose life you might impact by sharing this information with them. It is also super help super helpful for me when you leave a rating and review on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for always doing that and being here to support me. I love you all and I hope y'all all have a wonderful day taking care of yourself and the things that you are responsible for. You got this. Bye guys.